Yo, what's good, y'all? I'm proud to announce the first ever sponsor of the Fun With Dumb podcast. Uh, it's Green Chef, and let me tell you what Green Chef is. It's a USDA-certified organic company, and the meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. They got something for everybody. For my box, I chose keto. They sent me over this box of delicious meals with ingredients. The recipes are mad quick and easy, step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. The first meal that I cooked was the chicken fajita salad, um, and I chose that clearly because I thought it was going to be easy, and uh, it was. And I looked at the picture and my plating and it looked just like it. With Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new options. Um, I'm on my little keto diet and workout plan and they're making it super easy with my meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of all, let them do the prep for your week after week. Um, I'm going to hook y'all up with a code. You can go on the website and get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Go to greenchef.us slash dumb, D-U-M-B. That's greenchef.us slash dumb and get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. You can get your Gordon Ramsay on because I know that's how I feel. This It's kind of turned into like a fun activity for me every week to kind of just, you know, cook a new meal. You know, I never thought I could do this, but it, they made it so easy for me. Yeah, Green Chef. Yo, what's good? Welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. Today I'm going to guess I just met literally less than three minutes ago, um, but uh, I found out about him recently through the weeks of just other people's posts, you know, like friends like Bobby Hundreds, uh-huh. my boy Mike who runs the Koreatown account, like all these just, I just saw your name popping up in the likes and, yeah. then, and then when I just see other people post stuff, I was like, yo, I'm also very interested in a lot of Asian creatives too yeah. you know yeah. just just because like I'm inspired by other people who not are just, just not just because of the movie that just came out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, let's just say I was early I was inspired before that movie alright okay yeah. just yeah. early that was actually a prequel to Joy Luck Club if, if, if uh, non-Asians watching or listening you know? right 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 <laughs> but um yeah this man is a, a voice actor um you know just it, of a hundred plus voices over your career um Make some noise for Eric Bowser. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is a very awesome, like, studio. It's not even a set. This is the real deal. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. We really try to build it out. You know, just all types of things going on on the walls. Of I will. K-pop I, to hip-hop. I will know. contribute uh, some some artwork. Maybe we'll, I can actually show you. We'll get a pen. I'm and, stoked. Uh, Sharpie marker and some and some paper. I'll draw for you. Yeah. No, I read I read that before you were voice actor. You were, uh, like, a character developer. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, there's so many positions in animation and the position that I have which actually kind of no longer exists anymore is character layout and that is the position after storyboards so a storyboard artist would like rough out like comic book style like the exact story like whether that be like a five minute short 10 minute short 22 minute short and then my job would be to step in and like draw like final poses that an animator would animate like down the line so I was the lettuce guy at Taco Bell. So yeah, someone yeah. would hand me the taco, I'd put the lettuce in. It's very assembly line style. Uh, and then um, that was all before voiceover. That That's amazing. Yeah, Because, you know, we had a, uh, another guest here a couple weeks ago, um, Carl Jones, who worked on... Carl. Yeah, you know Carl? Yeah, I was supposed to... Uh, he hired me as the, the fiendish Dr. Wu in Black Dynamite. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I just did my James Hong impression. No, that's, you, all I, that's, that's all I did. So I'm working on a project with him, uh, yeah. developing a show, but he um, was a guest on here yeah. and... Uh, he, you know, he, he comes from the illustration world oh, too. So one of the best, man. It's amazing. Like you'll see people work on these cartoon shows and then they'll also just hop in the booth and then do a yeah. voice, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming that's like a normal thing maybe. I mean, there are a handful of creators like, uh, like Mike Judge is one of them, you right. know, creator of Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead. Uh, a friend of mine, Justin Roiland, who is both the voices of Rick and Morty on that show. Exactly, yeah. And Carl, I know, had been stepping into the booth like while we were recording uh, Black Dynamite. And, uh, you know, and he's the kind of guy, too, that as I'm sure you got, you will learn working with him, yeah. he's like constantly, how do we push this to be funnier? Like, you know, even though it's like written... We can push it in the booth. Right. Once you get like the basic down, like you kind of go back and just keep like making plusing the scene. So is there a lot of elements of like when you do your voices, you're going in there and improving, putting a lot of improv skill into it or how's that working? Or is it more of like how you 
how you do the cadence and switching that up in yeah, different ways. Uh, again, going back to Carl, I feel like a lot of his cartoons, he's very political and like a lot of the, the animation that I've worked on, at least with him, is like uh, it's very present and again, social issues and whatever's current, like whatever we can tackle. But then there's like preschool shows that I'm on that are literally like this has to be 11 minutes. Right. We've already plotted out like what you're going to say not necessarily how you're going to say it. Cause like when you get to the booth, like on Muppet babies today, it was, it, it's a preschool show. So, yeah. you know, we, I can't like go in there going, ah, what if, what if Fozzie has something to say about Trump? You know, like there's, <laughs> there's, there's no room for that there. I'd be like, wow, Muppet babies yeah. has changed yeah, a lot. Yeah. No, let me tell you these Muppets, they're going to make animation great again. Okay. <laughs> these guys are the best. I got to tell you, I love these little frogs, these frogs, pigs, uh, bears, and weirdos. I, I love the, you know, it's amazing. Cause you've done, so many voices I'm mean, especially recently of like reboots of these classic oh, cartoons yeah. and that's Muppet. so amazing like when you mentioned like Muppet Babies like I'm not watching the new reboots of it but like I remember you it from remember. like the classics you know and that's how they get you man because like me I'm I'm a dad I got a two and a half year old and it's like I'm their target audience really yeah. I mean kids enjoy it we're, we're really killing it in, in the ratings but uh, and they just released like a, a boatload of toys at Target um, and it's like for me, it's like I remembered how much I loved watching it. I, I loved I, it. Yeah, you know, I didn't even in the '80s ever cash in on the toys. Maybe the Happy Meal toys. Yeah, because yeah. that's pretty much all they had. Right. Uh, but getting to see my son watch it and really appreciate it, it's 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 a that, trip. That's so tight. Yeah. Wait, what voices are you doing on the Muppet Babies? Uh, I do uh, Fozzie, who was originally voiced by uh, Frank Oz. Of course, mm -hmm. we're we're trying to really nail, you know, like his his performance, and I also do. Um, there were these two old hecklers in the Muppet Show, yeah. Statler yeah, yeah. and Waldorf. Yep. I do uh, Statler. I do that guy. Hey, oh, <laughs> you know he just laughs at. Yeah, he he just he's a heckler, man. That's if, definitely if, a range yeah. from him to Fozzie, bro. Well, yeah, that's... well, it's like the comedian's worst nightmare is the heckler, right? right. <laughs> so it's like, it oh, kind that's of, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing both ends of the spectrum there. That's that's so tight, bro. Yeah. I, so let's talk about like your early days, your come up, all that before we even go into all the characters you play. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted like jump into that so bad but i want to kind of know about the come up because it's such a i mean the the p thing people talk about a lot is like oh voice acting is like it's a small world and it's not mm -hmm. like it's like very hard to just get into it you know yeah i mean it, it that's true and and but hard to get into it. it it's it just depends on what angle you tackle it from and it's like any anyone that like approaches me about like how do i get into it like i'm talking about established singers like people that have followings of 4.7 million right. on Instagram are like asking me for advice. And I'm right. like, well, how do I get 4.7 million followers? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, but I always like, I'm always like open door policy. Just say, if you said you wanted to do a de like cut together a demo reel, that's the first thing I say right. is cause that's your business card, like uh, to attract uh, representation as well as a display, a showcase of all of your work. Right. Uh, and, and that's like, it, literally if you're doing casting, it's like, you're really going to sit there and listen to the first 30 seconds of a demo reel. And if you haven't wowed or gotten the attention of that casting director in 30 seconds, then, you know, you, you, you should probably revisit and try to carve out like a really good demo. Did you did you get into it wanting to get into it or did it just kind of naturally happen? Well, I, I didn't know how to like because like we're talking about 2000. 2001 is when I did my college internship from, uh, from I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. Okay. Me and me and Drake. And that's yeah, about shout it. Out, me, yeah. Drake, me, Drake and Celine Dion. And that's it. That's yeah. the only good things to come out of Canada. No, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, Toronto's been killing it actually. They've been, you know, they have beaver too. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's our number one food source is beaver meat. And it's also <laughs> our national bird. That's uh, amazing. Uh, no, but, um, you know, I, I came out from there uh, to do an internship here uh, for a studio called Spumco, and they created Ren and Stimpy. Yep. And um, and uh, there really wasn't like a, a, a surefire way to get into like voiceover for cartoons. In fact, a lot of the people that I grew up watching in the 90s, they were, you know, maybe striving to do like more on camera stuff and it didn't necessarily work out for them. Mm -hmm. But now they completely dominate voiceover you know right. like maybe even stand-up comedians that didn't get like their moment mm. are now killing it in voiceover that's true yeah and musicians and you know so on and so forth it, it seemed like a, a very 
you know, plan B kind of uh, career choice, but ended up being, you know, like we're talking like legends like Rob Paulson, Tara Strong. Right. People that have been doing it for more than like 20 years and have like, you know, Powerpuff Girls on their resume, original yeah. Powerpuff right, Girls right. and like. Those are the OGs. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like working with like the Animaniacs. And I'm so like, wait, mm. when you were in the studio and what was your role at oh, when you got in at man, first? When I got in at first, I was literally a production assistant. So I was oh, shit. answering phones, yeah. making photocopies, sending faxes. Yeah. If, if that's even still a thing, yeah. uh, you know, that's the, yeah, these kids are like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> what do you say? Uh, you know, picking up lunch orders, yeah. like, like very low end menial like tasks. But, you know, like uh, I would learn Photoshop. I would learn editing. Mm-hmm. I would learn, um, you know, uh, even in college, I was doing production. I was doing radio, television, and film. It's like everything. If you want, that- I could edit this afterwards. If you guys need help editing, <laughs> I will help you edit stuff. So you did uh, everything, everything except voice acting. Everything except voice acting. Yeah. And, and even then, now they have like voice acting as a college choice. Wow. Whereas, whereas yeah. it's really just acting. It's right. really just like voice voice later performance first you, right, you have right. to kind of ground like even though I'm doing Fozzy you know like as a character like he still has to be a baby in a nursery that is right. going through emotions that a toddler would go through I'm sure you go through your physical movements <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the booth yeah. and stuff yeah no exactly it's like you, you can't just you have to stand still for mic purposes like yeah. you know like technical stuff but emotional stuff yeah you know if I'm doing an announcer, I will do this with my hands just for timing purposes. Right, you know, right, like weird right, right. shit like that. And uh, for sure, I do, I do the same thing when I go in the booth to rap. You know well, yeah, when I mean? you sing, when you perform. We call it the rap hands. You oh, know? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, then, 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 I got you. <laughs> it helps. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's like you're, you are communicating, if not. To like a conductor, right? You're just yeah. conducting. If yeah. you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for the engineer. If not for the engineer, then like the thousands, the millions of people listening to your track, like later. You right. What, what, so, what was your big? Uh, what was your first voice acting gig while you were interning at this studio? Uh, well, they they created a show. This so again, this is a studio that created Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. and then they did a follow up show called Ripping Friends, where I did like. Uh, it was later seen on Adult Swim, but more for, at the time, it was Fox Kids. Mm-hmm. It was about these, like, four superhero brothers that had zero superpowers. They yeah. were just all ripped for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And I did, like, the voice of, like, a tooth filling and, like, a... Like, um, and a goat. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like background characters for sure. But that was just like they, they just kind of took a chance with people like, yeah, was like, like whoever, try this. Yeah. Whoever was like in in like the studio at the time. And it's almost like South Park where it's like you may get a funnier performance from someone that isn't as polished. Someone right. that just has a weird voice or someone that's just around the studio that yeah. doesn't really have like the 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 acting chops and something natural just kind of comes out. Right, right, right. Uh, but after that, you know, have, having worked at that studio and another studio in town called Six Point Harness, uh, they're the ones that actually, you know, I started to really start to meet people that are now in positions at Warner Brothers or Nickelodeon or Disney that are like creating their own shows. And they kind of remembered me as the guy that wanted to do voices, but I was like kind of stuck in the animation studio right, right. doing like a nine to five job. Um uh, my first big American break uh, was El Tigre in oh. 2007. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the creators of this movie that was out recently called Book of Life. It was before Coco. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Dia de los Muertos uh, right. subject matter. Uh, and it was uh, Jorge Gutierrez and Sandra Ikiwa, a very talented husband and wife combo. They're now working on a really cool project over at Netflix. And... Uh, so for, for Nickelodeon, they were just like, well, we have all these fantastic American actors. Why would we hire this Canadian? Like, who, right, right, right. who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, why can't we just get like, The same you know, way Canadians think about Americans. Yeah, Because yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they really do support their artists out there. I feel they like, they yeah. do. Yeah. I, I actually heard it's kind of hard for an American to get like the, whatever the equivalent yeah. of a green card or work visa is. Right, right. Uh, but they really, uh, you know, Nickelodeon stuck their neck out and gave me a chance and and for that role, I was doing a Ricardo Montalban impression, That's you know, amazing, from Fantasy yeah. Island. It was kind of like this weird Mexican wrestling dad. Smooth kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was cool, man. And and ever since then, it's just been like it hadn't it hasn't been like a steady climb like between 2007 and, you know, 2015. Yeah. But it was it was like 
on the up. Like, well, I mean, you got from being an intern at that studio to actually getting to voice Stimpy, right? Is yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. That's so, like crazy come up right that, there. For me, like, that's street cred. That was street right, cred. Right, right, For me, Billy West will always be that character because, like, he's, like, for me, again, learning from those people, like, watching them on TV, he was, like, l- really just in my top three that's favorite amazing. voice actors. Yeah. And I, I, you probably That's know a great him. voice, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, uh, he, did, he did, he's, like, the Red Eminem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. Was, like 90% of the voices on Futurama and you know his his uh that character I think pretty much spawned from like his Larry Fine impression on the Howard Stern show mm. uh which if you are a Three Stooges fan Larry was you know the guy with the hair on the sides that's yeah. kind of like how he talked like this old depressed Jewish guy <laughs> and then when you like uh, personified as a kid you know, for a cartoon show, it becomes Stimpy. That's amazing. You know? I didn't yeah. even think about that transition, but that's yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I learned from the best, and and Billy West is definitely like up there for me. I so. feel like there's a lot of that kind of passing the torch down with a lot of these voices, right? Because th- these. OGs used to do like everything, yeah, you know? yeah. But as as they get older, it's like you can't keep voicing. So how does it? You know, there must be a lot of pressure to it's, take that torch. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure, and it's like a lot of like you know you don't want to overstep or you don't want to like step on anyone's toes or disrespect anyone. But you know, like th- at that circumstance, I know there was like he he definitely was finished with that idea, and like the creator had come back and wanted to do more, and he, it was a situation where well he's definitely not coming back. And you kind of like for me, I think I was like 26 at the time. It was like, well, I'll do it. Like if if, if no one wants to do it. Right. I'll you do just it. Like, kind of just took a crack at it. Yeah. And like my audition became like the actual recording for the first episode. So wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So I was just in there for like three or four lines of dialogue. What ended up snowballing into like the full like 22 minute. Record. Is it something that you kind of been kind of working on before you got it or and that's you know the funny thing is is like there are impressions that i do like like uh i did uh there's a netflix's first animated original series which was a dreamworks dreamworks um film that they turned into a tv show called turbo fast okay and it was about the snail that wanted to race Mm -hmm. and one of the one of the characters uh in that because it was all celebrities right like um Ryan Reynolds was uh, was Turbo, and mm-hmm. his uh, brother Chet was voiced by Paul Giamatti. Okay, so it's like, yeah, who who wakes up and goes, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna do a Paul Giamatti impression. Right, and, right, and I right. was like, I ha- had audition for that, and for whatever reason, I booked it. And you know, when, when you're studying Paul Giamatti, he kind of kind of has that weird kind of you know tinge to his voice, and it, he almost sounds like he's trying to like bite his own shoulders all the time, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Howard Stern, you know, like the yeah. fucking Antichrist, right. Howard Stern, you know, like, like I just would watch like all these Paul Giamatti interviews and movies and, you know, I, I kind of like picked up like his speech pattern kind of like that, you know, that's amazing. And, yeah. And he, and he plays a snail, a very, very, you know, you got to wear that helmet chat, you know, like, you know, he was the, he was the safety snail. He wasn't a racer. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I won't know until I try. And then even when I try, it's like. I'll have to get your approval or yeah. whoever's casting. That, dude, that's that's so lit because, you know, <laughs> we, we watch these things. And I guess that's the point that we don't even try to focus on the inflections and anything. Right. You're just supposed to be immersed in the world. Right. You know, and that's the amazing thing about what you guys do because you guys are really masters of the craft. As, you know? as a, a rap performer, as a rap artist, like, who do you look up to, like, as far as, like, your influences? Yeah, I mean, definitely like deliveries in, in the same way, right. In rap songs and yeah. like how you, you know, hitting the punchlines and all these yeah. things, you know, people in the booth to people on live shows, you know, studying greats from the past, you yeah. know, all, all the, you know, originals that we consider the greats, sure. you know, whether it's like Pac, Biggie, Eminem, yeah. all those cats, you know? So yeah, that, that I mean, the same way I would say for sure. It's, it's really hard. I think to, I mean, there are, there's parts of my job where I have to sound like a character mm-hmm. and then there are parts of the job where there's an original character character and it's like you have to kind of come up with this new dna for this character that's never spoken before right or ever like t- taken a breath in like this animated world so it's like uh, the fine line of being a, like a voice match guy to like a creator of an original voice you know it's like what do you what do you want to be known for really you right know? it's like it's it's a hard one and you know i've been so lucky to to voice 
characters like Fozzie or Woody Woodpecker right. or you know a lot of, like a lot of Looney Tunes stuff. I've been doing like Marvin the Martian for like seven years. Yeah, for Looney Tunes. So is it like is it, when you do the like for characters like that? You know, they constantly have commercials and things of that from that franchise. So yeah. you're doing the voices for for those characters during yeah. that time. That's amazing. So you said Marvin the Martian. Yeah, Marvin the Martian was a weird one for me because it's like they had revamped the Looney Tunes. Um, it had been years since they had like a, a televised animated series on the air. And this was about 2011. And uh, they kind of came up with this idea that they were these characters that li- like Bugs and Daffy live together and in a cul-de-sac and the surrounding neighbors would be the rest of the Looney Tunes. Right. Like Yosemite Sam was their neighbor. And it was kind of like like Family Guy-ish, kind of like that setting. Right. And it was more animated sitcom because at the time that's the thing that was really like hitting it home with like the demographic that I think they think they were after, but you know, Looney Tunes at the core were seven minute cartoons that were probably never really intended to be seen by kids. They were like shown before like right. movies mm-hmm. and theaters mm-hmm. and you know, the quality was so much better because they, they weren't on a TV schedule. They weren't on a TV deadline. They were making these like short animated films to entertain people in theaters. Right. And at best they would say like maybe four to 10 lines of dialogue and then they would just beat the crap out of each other, like yeah, with yeah, slapstick yeah. comedy. So the minute you you kind of take these like Bugs and Daffy and you put them in this like, oh, and they're in a the neighborhood and they're they, having cold dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, you know. And I I wasn't Bugs or Daffy for that for that run. Jeff Bergman came back. He was the first guy to do Looney Tunes voices after Mel Blanc passed oh, away wow. in 1989. And I thought, you know, he's he's a good friend and he's. I always think like he hands down, he was like the best replacement for Mel. I mean, there's been so many different I'm sure, yeah. versions, but I always like would know that it was him. Yeah. Like even then it's like, Oh, you can still spot the difference between him and Mel. But like, he really did like a lot of the characters. Right. He did like almost all of them, even Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Which wasn't originally Mel, but um, you know, uh, in that version, I got to play Marvin the Martian in 2011 and I've done it like for other different versions. Yeah. I've done it for a, a Jordan shoe commercial, which yeah, yeah. for me, that's like the, the top. Yeah. Like, cause I, I grew up watching the originals and the stuff in the nineties that is considered like, meh, like meh, it's not as good as the originals, right, but right. I'm like Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny in a shoe commercial. Like it, it was a Super Bowl ad. That's so they little. did two. And they did. And then the, the next version was Marvin, the Martian, uh, the following year. And then like in 2000, I guess it's been like almost uh, uh, three, four years since I did that commercial. Like I was like tripping out. I was like, yeah, wow, yeah. like for it to come full circle for me, like in that who, way. Who in the Looney Tunes? Like, so you've done Bugs Bunny at, at some point. Oh, uh, just that, this year. Yeah. They just announced another like that's reboot sick. on reboot. That's on but reboot. you know how to do Daffy Duck, uh, yes. Bugs Bunny. Yes, that's right. I can do Daffy. I, I see you have plants here that need watering. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, he's definitely a... Uh, uh, Another character that I was auditioning for Bugs, like in 2011, hoping to get him. And then they're like, have you ever considered reading for Daffy? And I was like, no, I've never. Right. Like, how would I even? I don't even know. Like, when I hear Daffy talk, it sounds like Richard Dreyfuss with a lift. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to be a hot meal for some shark. Okay. (laughs) Those those are some really good observations, actually. It's very weird. Um, Uh, Yeah, but Bugs is uh, one of the hottest, for me, one of the hottest voices I can ever do, Doc. And that's. um, I always thought that voice was extremely hard. Yeah, Yeah. because if you really listen to like a lot of the other voices that Mel Blanc did, Bugs almost is it's almost very close to like the net you know he has a very deep resonant voice I can't really say it's close to it but there's like a lot of him in like a lot of his characters even though he's playing multiple very different from each other characters yeah like Bugs and Daffy like if you ever hear him playing them both in a cartoon him having a conversation with himself that's like almost near impossible to kind of like duplicate the not just a hundred percent, but like a thousand percent of his energy. Like after I do a Daffy Duck cartoon, I'm like sweating buckets. That's yeah, because we're doing like the crazy Daffy. Yeah, Mar- Marvin is a little bit more like laid back. He, a little he's bit, more right? subdued. Yes, yeah, yeah. isn't that lovely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you have Astro Boy here. Yeah, well, like, how would you describe like what his voice is like? Like it's 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 not British like. You know, like a lot of people think it might sound, but it's more like ethereal, like more like mid-Atlantic, just for whatever reason, that's just how they talked back then. You know, like back in the 40s or the 50s, it was very 
proper and everyone was very pronounced and um, uh, originally Marvin sounded like this, like a weird nerd character. And then they brought him back and he had that weird, like clogged yeah. voice. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so I don't know what changed there, but um, oh, it was a good change because that, that's a yeah, very unique. That is the yeah. iconic, like that's the voice you remember when you see that character. It's, it's so tight because especially your career as voice actor in general, like you have these generations, right? Just because even reboots and things like Looney Tunes is like a throwback, you know? Yeah. And then you yeah. have like Muppet Babies and then you have Nickelodeon shit. Like, yeah. You know, like yeah. like the Fairly Odd Parents, like that's something yes. you were a part of. And for that generation of people who grew up on that, like that's yeah. such a like a iconic thing for them, right? Yeah. It's, they're, it's, they're entering that age now where it is, Nickelodeon, because yeah. like Warner Brothers is, to me has always been like that. They have They have had some original success, like original series, but... A lot of their library, we're talking like it's Warner Brothers and Hanna-Barbera and like some of the DC characters like Super Friends and Justice League. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking Hanna-Barbera, that would be Flintstones. There's a Flintstones reboot coming out and I get to play Dino. Yeah, I'm playing the dog. (laughs) You know, like that's another Mel Blanc voice. But uh, uh, yeah, like Jetsons and and then Scooby-Doo, of course, is like the... That's like The Walking Dead. It's like it'll never die. Yeah, like, yeah. That thing did, you, is like, did you do something on Scooby Doo? Uh, like new- I've done like you know uh, they've had a couple different versions of the TV show, right. and uh, I've appeared in some of their straight to DVD movies. Uh, but Warner Brothers has always had a steady handle on like we have this amazing library and we know how to like reinvent and reinvent. Right, and reinvent. right, right. Like how many different Batman movies animated True. has there been? There's been like a lot. Yeah. But yeah. people still keep coming back for more. Well, the animated movies are like, like sometimes they're just, they talk about those being so much better than the, the live oh, action. the live action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. For whatever reason, Marvel nailed the, the films. They did, yeah. yeah. And their TV stuff is also pretty good, but DC, for whatever reason, it's they like haven't gotten a hold of it yet. Yeah. The, the live action but their animated stuff oh, the is part. always so yeah. good like yeah. uh, there's something that's so campy and like simple about their characters like batman superman right 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 hawk girl you know wonder <laughs> woman it's just so basic and simple that in animated form it just does so well for some odd reason well there's actually something that i i know that you were a part of that i actually got to be a part of as well i got to do a voice on adventure time what oh really yeah i got to when I, there's an episode where uh, the flame princess you're like, probably in the good episodes i was in the oh really <laughs> I, was in the I was just in one episode and i got to play son of rap bear battling um it like battle rapping are flame you kidding princess. Me? yeah it's, it's it's a great episode too by That's the way so shout out to uh, jessica DeChico who played uh flame princess yeah yeah uh, and i know you played a bear yeah i played so, the psycho yeah, bear yeah, that was like obsessed with uh finn yeah i and, saw that in the, the your demo reel yeah, yeah and i was yeah, like yeah. that was funny that's cool scene. Yeah. uh do you have like drawings of that character yeah well actually I, I got to i was able to do it because of my homegirl who actually does the storyboarding and okay. stuff for it so she was like, they, they probably asked her, like, do you know any battle rappers? Do you, and who, who, what's, are you allowed to say her name or is she? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I shit or not, but okay. yeah, so, I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm just curious. Oh, if, no, no, Sue. Know, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Sue. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's I don't know so why you people. made me like, guess, second guess, like, am I, is that a thing? Like, I'm not supposed to share. Are you allowed to disclose that information? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, it's yeah. It's, she's the cool one. She does mad doodles and stuff. Yeah. It's at instant doodles. If you I want to check I her out. I know her. Oh, yeah, do you know her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. That's yeah. so wild, man. Yeah, so she, you know, she, they probably asked her, like, do you know any battle rappers? And I was, like, the only battle rapper she knew. <laughs> hey. and she got me, and, I, and then when I got to the studio, I ran into other rapper friends I knew as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that was amazing. But Yeah, what a great show that was, too. Talk oh, about something that was just... And literally just ended, so, yeah. I know, I know. I, I think about that, and I'm like, well... Like I guess, I guess someone has to break the mold again, and someone's it's gonna that, they're gonna reboot that ten years from oh, now. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> That's gonna be the strangest reboot. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's true. Because they really did have something amazing there. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm friends with Pendleton, and he's like the creator of the show. And you know, even before I was a voiceover artist, again, I was like working as an animator, you just sit there for eight hours in front of your computer, you're drawing and your friends have all the chat windows open and you're sending stuff back and forth like memes and videos. And I remember that one came across my desk and I remember uncle grandpa came across my desk and those were two cartoon network shows that were just like, like I got to do uh, the voice of belly bag on uncle grandpa. There's this character that was, your your magical uncle and grandpa and he would help you if you're like this kid if you're like a kid in trouble at school or family stuff he would magically appear and help you it was kind of like animated Pee Wee's Playhouse right 
but I played Belly Bag, this talking fanny pack. And um, <laughs> that was like one of my favorite shows that like I ever got to see from an outsider and be like, whoever created this, I need to work with this guy. Yeah. And that's actually the guy, uh, Pete Browngarth, that's making the new Looney Tunes cartoons. Oh, amazing. And yeah. like they're doing, uh, trust me, like this looks like they just they made a time machine and they went back to like the 40s. And they're really reviving that 40s, like, really authentic style. Like, That's so sick. It looks fully animated. Like, you, it, it'll, it, it may confuse you because I think we're so used to CG now. Yeah. And the, the advances of CG that we forget about, like, oh, yeah, like, you can really get a lot of emotion out of hand-drawn characters. Right, right, right. That you can't get out of CG. That's true. Yeah. I, I always love that classic style. You know? Yeah. You know, even as, as cheesy as some of it was in the 90s, like, if, if, if you think, like, Lion King or like Aladdin like Aladdin for me is like one of the best like like hybrids of like okay now they're starting to use this they use Robin Williams like a celebrity right. a well-known celebrity to be this character and he's like still like for me like the most unbeatable example of hiring a celebrity and getting the most out of that person because oh, of yeah. who they were that was iconic yeah yeah like no one could have done what he did with that character right. and like yeah, I mean like Eric Goldberg even designed it to look like him, you yeah, know, at the end right. of the day, like it was such a great uh, I, example. I always find it fascinating when like a voice actor say plays two characters, right. And they're having a dialogue with each other. Yeah. Just being able to go back and forth. I mean, obviously change the voice, but put your, that character, get, oh, yeah. get into that mind real quick, come back. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel with, like that's so difficult. Like, with, with Looney Tunes, we definitely have an order to how we record it. Cause I think Daffy Duck is more strenuous on my voice. Mm-hmm. So we'll do all the, uh, all the Bugs Bunny stuff at the top. I also do Tweety Bird on the show. So oh, like, crazy. Ooh, I taught I taught Putty Tad. And then they like they'll speed that up. But there was a show I did for Disney XD called Atomic Puppet, where it was just this really it was a Canadian show, so it was very out there. They 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 created this amazing show about this superhero that gets turned into a sock puppet and his number one fan finds the puppet. So every time he puts that puppet on, he gets the powers of the superhero. Yeah. So uh, you know, I played the hero and the kid at the same time. So like the kid was like, you know, like always talking like high pitched and then like I would have to do this hero voice like, <laughs> right, right, right. right after. That's so, amazing. That yeah, I would do it like one. Like I wouldn't do it like one at a time. I would do it at the same time. Yeah, I, I feel like it's so hard to do it instantly just because I feel like anytime I want to do a voice, I'm like <clears throat> warming up. You have to warm shit. up and think about <laughs> yeah. it. But that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know. I bet you any money it's in you as as like a rapper right, and as, right. as someone that has like the idea like, you know, I feel like clearly your taste. You have like a lot of different like influences and yeah. I feel like everyone can do like multiple voices. Yeah, no, you know? I, I, it's just something I, I haven't really like practiced, you know, but I've always wanted to and shit. And I'm terrible with accents, by the way. But OK, yeah. Are you good, yeah you're, you're, well, you're good with accents. I've heard you uh, just do uh, yeah. accents. <laughs> well, I mean, I just do what sounds familiar. I remember right. being in a Ninja Turtle session where uh, a character that I played named Tiger Claw. He was like in 2012, they did a really cool CG version of mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. Yep. That was like a very well received like series. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I played a new character named Tiger Claw. And, you know, Tiger Claw was this huge Japanese tiger. You know, he had like an eye patch. His tail was missing. And he had he was like Boba Fett. He had like weapons and memorabilia of everyone he's ever killed. Like he he would have multiple guns because it's like those are the guns of people that he took out. Right, right. And, uh, you know, he was the non-bumbling henchman of Shredder because Bebop and Rocksteady would always mess up. But I remember there was a line of dialogue where he speaks Japanese and I'm I'm Filipino from Canada. So it's not even like, what the hell? Like right, 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 now right. I have to like, oh, great. I created this character and voice. Now you have to own up to it because they're like, oh, we want him to speak Japanese here. Can right. you do it? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. And they even spelled it out phonetically. What I ended up doing, like, almost sounded Italian. Okay, oh, really? It wasn't even close. Oh, wow. They're like, yeah, kind of. But uh, we actually have a translator here, and it was, like, this guy that, like, lived in, like, Japan, taught English. So he teaches me this line, which was... Uh, uh, and I'll tell you why I know it off by heart is because it took like four or five sessions okay, to get yeah. it down. I was like, even if you got that wrong, I'm like, you, I was sold on that one. No, no, no. I, I was like, okay, I did it. And then like a week passes and then like another translator is there. They're like, no, you didn't do it. This, this person knows. And oh. then like, I do it again. I do it again. 
Another week goes by. Finally, this one girl that is actually Japanese on the crew does storyboards. Yeah. Was like, this is actually a very specific Yakuza slang. Oh, wow. Like gang, like, yeah. Like, so you have to get it right. And, or, <laughs> or someone will, knock someone on your will door. find your, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you the guy who voiced Tiger Claw? <laughs> We're gonna kill you now. And then you switch your voice up like Tweety yeah. Bird, like yeah, that's, yeah. that's not me. <laughs> uh, sorry, Doc, wrong house. Uh, but yeah, it was the funniest, like probably most expensive line of dialogue I've ever had to record. That's that's crazy, and it's so interesting because like when you're doing Tiger Claw too, like say you do the the English. The Japanese uh, accent yeah. in the English dialogue, right? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you like, do it without offending someone? Right, right, and it's right, like right, you know, yeah. studying like uh, like like for uh, for DreamWorks, I did Puss in Boots, mm. so that was Antonio Banderas. Yeah. And growing up in a household that has two uh, landed immigrants from the Philippines, like my dad. You know, would always try to sound as uh, white as possible, as Caucasian as possible. So, like, you know, oh, you're visiting from California. We have to go visit your grandmother in the cemetery. And it's like, you mean the cemetery? And he's like, that's right, the cemetery. Like, they, they would have to inject their accents into this, like... You know, this language, they're trying to sound less like Filipino and more right. like, you, got, you know. You got to channel your dad in a voice eventually. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's and for that's, something. It's, it's almost like what I did for, for Puss in Boots and Antonio Banderas. Because, like, if you watch, there's a video on YouTube of him, like, doing, acting out the, mm-hmm. the character. And he's very up and down, you know. He's very up and down when he does this voice. <laughs> like, when I do the voice as well, I'm always thinking about what is going to make the writers in the room laugh. Like how to spin the word, like to make it not sound, uh, to make it as unpredictable as he would. Because like most people would think, oh, it's just a Spanish voice or a, or right. a Hispanic accent. I can do that. But it's less about him being of that culture and more about him performing as this cat. Right. Who is trying to be suave and debonair and trying to sound very romantic, you know. And it, that was the challenge was not to do the accent. But it was to replicate Antonio. Yeah, yeah. So anytime I would throw something weird in there and I would see the writers kind of like giggle and crack yeah, yeah, up, yeah. that's when I knew I was doing my job right. No, do you ever <laughs> get any celebrities and shit that just like, God damn, you did that shit better than I do it? Well, <laughs> when I was doing that voice, I had a session with Danny Trejo. Okay. Like, and he's worked with Antonio many times. Yeah. Uh, Desperado being one mm-hmm. of the best like examples of that. And I'm just sitting next to Danny, who's like as white as this table, you know, with tattoos <laughs> right, right. all over his body. Intimidating looking dude, for sure. And I'm like this, like, and John Leguizamo, too. I did a, a session with John Leguizamo over Skype. You know, John, John Leguizamo, you know, he's in New York City, kind of doing this thing, you know, like, and then he's like, hey, who, who's the guy that's doing the voice of Antonio today? And then, like, I, like, raise my hand. And he sees this like Asian kid. He's yeah, like, yeah. he's like, nah, man, you're bullshitting me. You know, like he was very like surprised he's that I was like, me. Yeah. But with Danny, he goes, you did a better job today than Antonio could ever do. <laughs> and I was like laughing so hard. I That's was like, fucking amazing. I was like, wow, okay, I, uh, I'll take it. You can, know? Can you do any uh, rapper voices or? I mean, uh, oh man, that's that's like a. I, I wish I wish I had more knowledge on that. However, I did. Yeah. I did just see Wu Tang perform in Toronto, oh. and like all of them were there. Yeah. I mean, minus uh, ODB, rest in peace. But his two sons were there, and they were like doing all of like the uh, all of his individual. Parts. Yeah, 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 it was pretty wild, man. That's sick. I mean, I wish I could do more. I know Aries Spears and Jay Farrow are. Oh like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, prime examples of like you know. Like here's the dial. Here's like fifty different rappers. You pick one. Yeah. I wish I could be at that level uh, regarding like rap impressions. So, I promise. Second interview. Yeah. I will come back. I'm with like, something. yeah. Work yeah. on the dumbfounded uh, voice. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but um, I was gonna say like, is uh, you've played? I mean, there's all so many voices you probably know how to do that you don't. You're not like booked for or like you're you know playing the role of right. Is yeah. there somebody that you would like to like play? You know or. For me, the ultimate was Bugs this year okay. because because I uh, mean yeah <laughs> he's like it's between him and Mickey Mouse and I love Disney cartoons but I could never you know like it, I can assimilate like a goofy impression but like Bill Farmer who is goofy now You're right just I mean and Jim Cummings who mm. does the voice for Winnie the Pooh and Tigger right like they kind of just 
magically embody that character. Well, well, I mean, what would make a studio be like, okay, if there's a guy who's been playing it, like, why would they want to get another person to play the voices? Like, how it's does that work? It's a very interesting question. Yeah, uh, how does that work? And, and very, like, you know, very fair, too. And I feel like, you know, maybe for, for some reasons they may not want to have an actor to have such a stranglehold over the character, like, mm. too much power in that role. Although this community, again, like you had said before, it's very... You know, it is it is open and generous and like we're very supportive of one another. I think for this particular reboot, this version of Looney Tunes, it had been a while since they had just said, OK, let's just open it up because we're starting from scratch and we're really trying to get back to basics. Right. Let's see if we if there's anyone else out there like that is giving that could give us something that we may have never heard with this character. Oh, before. interesting. OK. And I was just like that. You know, I did a Daffy audition for. um Actually, Teen Titans Go to the Movies is coming out like next mm-hmm. Tuesday, actually. And I think like Little Yachty did a voice on there. Yeah, or something, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He was the voice of the Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he did a song for the movie, too. That's amazing. And, uh, and for that, I did Aquaman, and I, I was like another character in the film. But in the beginning of the film, they have this new Warner Brothers animation logo, and it's Daffy Duck, and he's just, he doesn't say anything, but he just goes, woohoo, 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 woohoo. He's bouncing up and around. Yeah. And, um, and I booked it. And I noticed that when the audition for the new Looney Tunes show came out, they didn't have Daffy. So I was like, oh, I wonder if they're just going to get me to do Daffy. And I was like, I was happy with that. Yeah. And I didn't even know even at that time. But I was like, if that's the case, I would be happy just doing like even just one vintage like marquee character. Right. Because Marvin, I think he's kind of like third ring like, oh, well, I guess we'll do a Marvin cartoon. It's always just Porky Daffy, Sylvester Tweety usually. Yeah, Yeah. And then like Roadrunner. You know, uh, but I knew I wanted to audition for Bugs out of respect of the character and no disrespect to like someone like Jeff Bergman or Billy West, who yeah. are still around, can still do the voices. I just I have so much respect for Bugs that I had to audition for that. But I did not audition for any other characters. Right. Thinking, well, if I do book this, I don't want to be like a like a hog at the dinner table and like trying to get all the roles. I want to work with these guys that. Yeah. I, I look up to and like, you know, like would love to do a scene. Yeah. You have a respect for the, I do. all these guys. Yeah. But like, it was the weirdest thing when I got the, the email, the call saying, Oh, they want you to do bugs. Cause for me, that's like, that's so sick. That's absurd. I mean, he's like one of the coolest cartoon characters of all time. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and like trying to bring it back to that weird, like it's, at, at the very like first few sessions when we recorded it, it was uh, it was more like uh, like Mel Blanc's kind of voice, and it's less of the bugs that we know now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like I I started doing it more like you know exactly how we remembered it. Right, and, right, right. Uh, yeah, you know sometimes I think I'm a rabbit. That's kind of like that weird cadence that he has, yeah. like the New Yorker, but like. He just had had a way of speaking in that character. That, that's amazing. <laughs> I, 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 what are you currently working on now? Like, are you? Uh, well, aside from Looney Tunes, Muppet Babies, um, there's, they announced like a, a reboot of the Rocketeer and I'm playing a character in that. I'll do just like a bunch of guest spots. Of course, Master Splinter on Rise of the yeah, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And again, another weird Japanese voice that I'm doing. And it's more like if Mr. Miyagi and Danny DeVito had a baby, <laughs> like this splinter that we're doing is unlike anything you've ever seen he's right. he's not like stoic he's like fat and lazy and those are so th- those are interesting because these are characters that's you know been around for a long yeah. time in different franchises where the voice changes up yes right? so that's another really good point it's like there have been many versions of looney tunes where everyone's trying to sound exactly the same right. but ninja turtles is a weird case where it's like you know the character like you would know an uncle and it's like you bring your version you bring that's like, true your yeah. memories of this character or you establish a new character with this existing one that, you know, everyone likes. So that's like, that's a good challenge. That's also kind of a cool thing for those franchises. That just tells you so much about that, that whatever, even if you change the voice, yeah. you're still going to know the character and you're going to fall in, lo- you know, in love with it either Dude, way. Dude, get ready. We're, we should get you in on the show this Please, year. Yeah. yeah. I will play whatever, like. Foot soldiers? There's tons of foot soldiers. Yeah, like I just <laughs> deliver a pizza to the turtles, whatever. Hey, guys. <laughs> no, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these are the projects that you're you're working on, and you constant are you constantly going out for auditions for like, is there like commercials and things like that you do as well? It's like, funny. I will I will be the first to tell you, and I'm sure my agents will cringe when they hear this. That yeah. I I'm, I suck at commercials. I'm oh, like, really? I, yeah. Why like, is that? What What do you think it is? There's something about like there's an art to it that anyone that books it and just 
gets it over with in 30 seconds, however long they're in the, on the radio yeah. or they're trying to sell you something. There's an art form to it that I'm just like, uh, I, I just can't get into it unless it's an actual like a character. Like I've done like State Farm commercials, like Scooby-Doo stuff, like where they just need. You know, like the classic Hanna-Barbera voice, like that kind of announcer. Like, they'll yeah. just ask me to do that. I did a commercial for Spectrum Cable where John Stamos was walking through his house. Mm -hmm. And, like, there was a fake voiceover guy following him around. And that was me. That's like, funny. Yeah. So Things that are, like, comedic. Yes. Right. Something okay. that will make fun of a commercial. Got you. I can do it. Like, but you've got to be like animated in a way, right? Yeah. yeah if so. it's a real commercial, I'm like, <laughs> like, I will not book it. Right, right. That, and you said you had kids? I have a one, two and a half year old kid. Yeah. That's, I mean, how's that dynamic? Does, like, does he get it? Like that you, you're he the just like figured it out like two days ago. Oh, really? like honestly, <laughs> oh, really? like I was doing voices yeah. and he was like staring at me. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Like nosebleed. <laughs> like, oh my God, my dad's Bugs Bunny. I yeah. wonder what the reaction is. Is, like, is it like ruining like Santa Claus or is it, you no, know, more I excited? Think, I still think he's, he, there's a separation there when he watches it on TV. It's right. still a real character. Yeah. Like it's a real bear that exists or a rabbit or whatever. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm doing it with him, he kind of like, gets it now that I, I can do a voice like I'm doing a spot on impression of and yeah. then he'll ask for it he's like do do Bugs Bunny again like he'll do and you know and, and I'm like the fact that he's asking me these things blows my mind because yeah. he's two and a half you know like he should just be pooping his pants and picking his nose but he's like asking me like logical questions it's it's so weird does it I, I was wondering too like with international translations of cartoons is there like just somebody else that does a voice yes it's oh so wow, weird. that's interesting. There are so there's like a Filipino Bugs Bunny or something. It, like, it, I mean, besides it, you, it, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like an even more Filipino yeah, Bugs yeah, Bunny. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there are there is this guy who like contacted me from like the Netherlands, so like Amsterdam, like Sweden, where where like whatever region the Netherlands encompasses, right. and he was like, I do most of your voice matches. He's like, I looked at like. You know, and it was over Facebook Messenger. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that was so crazy. I was like, really? And like, he sent me videos and I was like, holy crap. Like, he's totally, That's so you know, speaking Dutch or whatever, right, but right, like right. trying to sound like the character that I, that I had invented here in North America. And it's like, they, it's the same over there. He's like, you know, if it weren't for you guys making cartoons in the U.S., we wouldn't have jobs over here. Imagine the guy that does Homer Simpson that's been working overseas right. Homer Simpson for like over 30 years. That's like, such a trip, dude. Th they they probably, you know, they, they have a steady job for so 30 years. So they get years. that, they just get that same voice, but just a different language they're speaking while they're doing it. Yeah. That's, that's just pretty much, that's it. Yeah. And that's like a lot of the reasons why, like, you know, a lot of cartoons try not to put like English written in a cartoon because then they'll have to strip that and like so just say they pick up a book that has like something written in English on it. Yeah. They'll have to rewrite that in, you know, French, in Italian, you know, uh, wherever, wherever it isn't in English. Yeah. They'll I, have to redo it. It's so crazy with voice acting. I just feel like in the last like couple of years, it just the appreciation for it has gone has gone up. peak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Half of it has a lot to do with like celebrity, you know, being part right. of like a cartoon. True. Yeah. But like it's nostalgia too. It's like, you know, you really do remember the good things about like 80s cartoons or 90s cartoons and and hopefully it's a performance that no one can kind of replicate i know they're bringing back animaniacs uh for warner brothers i'm curious about that that's going to be interesting it's, yeah. it's it's looking good like i've seen like little bits and pieces and yeah. I, I probably even shouldn't even be saying that but oh, right. <laughs> from what i've heard it's like they're sticking with the original cast that's so amazing. it's like they didn't try to like celebrity celebritize the cast they just said well no one can perform these characters like these original actors. Right, right. Uh, Jess Harnell, Rob Paulson, and Tress McNeil. If you look up Tress McNeil, she's like every, uh, aside from Marge and Patty and Selma, she's every like female speaking voice on The Simpsons. That's like, so sick. Anytime they've had like a woman speaking on it, it's been this woman, Tress McNeil. And she's like, she's, I wouldn't uh, say she's the female Mel Blanc. I just say that she's Tress she's McNeil. OG. You know, yeah. She is OG. She's she's untouchable. Well, what's like when you audition for these things, are you are you just sending in a tape from that you record at the house? Or oh, how yeah. does it work? My walk-in closet is my studio. Just a low studio. <laughs> I'll yeah, have yeah. like a microphone like this and it's literally it Sounds uh, like the rapper come up right there, a closet with the microphone. Oh, dude, <laughs> like, it's like that's yeah. why I have a I have an unhealthy t-shirt, graphic t-shirt obsession. That's why I, I uh you know I, I blame Bobby uh for my son not going to his first year of college because 
because of all the hundred shirts that I own in my wardrobe. But uh, uh, yeah, it's like that acts as like soundproofing all of my all my t-shirts and that's clothes so inside tight. my closet. That's yeah. tight. So you just record it and you send it in. That's it. MP3 edit. Sometimes I'll edit shit on my phone. It's yeah. like pretty like straightforward easy going yeah but i'm i'm awful at auditioning <laughs> like I, i'm so lazy oh really <laughs> so what do you mean uh, i'll like see an audition in an email and be like ah, i'll get to it and then like later they're like they they asked for you yeah yeah, yeah. jerk be grateful <laughs> that they asked for because one day they'll stop asking that's amazing yeah. man yeah I, how do you feel i mean would you how how long have you been in it? Would you consider yourself kind of an OG in it now? Like it's knowing w- the the community or it's so weird hearing that because there are have been articles about like Looney Tunes and oh they're like oh veteran voice actor I'm like veteran I'm like uh, <laughs> right 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 I, I you know I'm 38 years old and there are people that are 30 years older than me still doing it mm. and will probably continue to do it for 30 more years after that I guess that is interesting because with voice acting you can you can go have oh, a long my. run for it like Frank Welker the original voice of Freddie jones on scooby-doo still alive still working the Amazing. original voice of megatron still voicing Amazing. megatron and you know it's like and the most you wouldn't if you saw him in a, in a group of people you wouldn't even know that he was there he just he doesn't care about being in the spotlight he doesn't care about interviews or like meeting people he just wants to do voices play golf fly his airplanes yeah. or whatever his helicopter or whatever Count his Scooby money. (laughs) But the fun thing is, I love the passion about a lot of the voice actors. You meet them and you find that out on the spot. Your mind gets blown. But they're just so willing to do the voice on the spot even with you right like I just feel like you're like you really oh, love man. you love doing it and yeah. making people smile or laugh at the very moment you know the, the, when it comes the most in handy for me is when I'm passing through US customs uh, at, at airports yeah yeah because <laughs> like I have a work visa right so that's that's how I work and they see that and they're like so like why are you here like why are you going to California and I'm like uh animation and they're like what do you do and it's like uh i do voices for cartoons and then their face changes yeah and there's 50 other people in line waiting to like (laughs) and they can hear everything that's going on you're the asshole that's holding up the line yeah 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 yeah, exactly (laughs) but but then they're like oh yeah We'll do some voices right, and it right, becomes right. this five minute set of oh me my gosh, that's doing impressions and like, you know, doing voices. And then they could care less to like stamp the stamp the passport. <laughs> I could be smuggling things like Kinder Eggs. You know, those are illegal here. Yo, that's <laughs> yo, honestly, man, I really do appreciate everything you do, bro. And oh, like, man. honestly, like you just I mean, it just make, it makes me smile like a kid when you just start doing the voices and shit. And that's what it's all about. I'm sure, bro. Dude, like anytime you're free, come by, come by a session. I invited uh, Bobby as well. Hundreds oh, my God. To, you I'll, know. I'll go with Bobby. That'd be amazing. Seriously. Like, cause he, I think he also wants to check out the, the facilities where they actually make the cartoons, like just to see the process that goes into it. He's like another guy that's like clearly embraces like things that like made him happy as, as a kid. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And like pop culture. I mean, he, he just did, Looney Tunes this year, yeah, and I was yeah, at yeah. the at the opening and and got to meet him for the first time as well. He does um, collaborations that mean things to him, you know, which is amazing. Totally, I love that. But he does it in such a way that uh, strikes a chord effortlessly with anyone that's going to buy the shirts. Yeah, I'm going to take you up on that, and yeah. I'll tell you right now, this is why I started rapping to to have access to things like cool shit like this. All right. Yeah, now you're friends with Bugs Bunny, Doc. <laughs> I don't know how much cool it can get than that. Yeah, you know? that's just <laughs> Eric, thank you so much, yeah. man. Good meeting Dude. you. Tune in next week for another episode. Eric Bowser. Thanks, guys. Yee! Yeah.